0: Hello, hello, hello my dear. I'm Peter Resnick and welcome to the Dr. Peter Resnick's toolbox. And I want to start by sharing with you something. We have a mini anniversary here today. Today is June 1st and exactly half a year ago on December 1st, 2020, I went on the air on the PRN for the first time a few days before that gary null the owner of the network and we know each other for at least 25 years 25 years he called me and after we caught up with news on each other's lives he offered me to do a show he said come up with a title and talk about anything you want to (laughs) he knows the work that i do well he interviewed me on many times uh on his show at that time he was at um wbi and he interviewed me for a number of his videos at first i was a bit doubtful telling myself these stories you know i'm so busy already i don't really have any extra time i've never done the radio shows i don't like to talk to people unless i can see their faces and then when i checked out other shows i saw that gary Noll himself at uh, spoke on, on um, PRN every day. Then I found psychiatrist Peter Bragan, whose work I followed for 30 years. Then I found um, theoretical physicist Michio Kaku, whose work I also follow, uh, has a show called Explorations. And I listened to a few other shows, and I realized that the hosts of sh- different shows have quite opposite views on life, opposite, political views, and that's all under the same roof. And I really liked it. Uh, and it is in a country uh, that today, unfortunately, is falling into a group thing, political correctness, shutting down those who disagree, they disagree with. Uh, unfortunately, more and more, it reminds me of the Soviet Union from which I escaped 40 years ago. Uh what I like about Gary is that he does not shut down anybody. He listens to different opinions and makes up his own mind. So I said to myself, that's where I belong. And here we are six months later, and I want to thank you for your emails. I, that's how I get your feedback. Uh, I'm so happy that you are sending your emails to me. And they're nice emails with good questions requests and uh, thank you for good words the expression of gratitude for the show but i still did not unfortunately convince you to make calls during the show frankly i don't need the calls to keep the show going but i do think it could be more interesting i'm not sure of that but i think it could be Uh, i could work on your night dreams on the air or answer your questions regarding different mental and or physical challenges I ch- frankly I charge a relatively high fee for my individual sessions and here you have an opportunity to to have a free consultation you don't need to reveal your identity so now it's two two o seven. 207 um, I will give you some time to decide again, it doesn't have to be regarding the uh, subject that we're discussing on hand. um, Because today we'll be not talking about mind body, um, which is basically my special specialty. Uh, I will talk about one of the tools that I use. But still, I will be happy to interrupt the subject because I think for the audience, it will be very interesting to participate in the process. So you can ask a question, uh, bring up an issue, and I will see, possibly I can help you out. Now, years ago, I attended a workshop with one of the great wellness gurus at the time. And I remember he said, you must do juicing. You don't have money for the juicer do you have a car sell the car by the juicer oh, that's a powerful statement it's very important juicing last week on this show i interviewed dr natasha campbell mcbride very interesting person very interesting doctor she's a physician happened to be from the former soviet union just like i myself and she has quite different view, for example, regarding juicing. She suggests, yes, you do some juicing if you want to do uh, some detoxification, but it's not necessary to have juices all the time. And in fact, her belief is that uh, eating vegetarian diet is not that healthy. And for some people, actually, it's harmful. She believes you need to have more protein, uh, but healthy protein, not from um, animals that are fed Uh, genetically engineered grain and and who abused. And in fact, she spoke about angry chickens that we eat and suffering animals that we slaughter. Uh, That's one opinion. And I know through her writings and um, through people that I heard, I I learned about her work through other people who were very successful on the diet that she offers. Yet Gary Nall, for example, believes that a veget- being a vegetarian is the way to optimum health and i know gary helped thousands and thousands of people so what is the answer what i found over the years and i said it before on other shows there is no one single technique or method that works for everybody because we are all different it appears once someone comes up with a method, there are followers, and they swear by this method. And I don't think they're lying. It actually works. There was a, uh, an approach, or diet offered by Dr. Peter Diodamo. I think the name of the book is Your Blood Type Diet. And he suggested that we as humanity moved from Africa on um, to other continents and the original blood type as I understand was, oh, they were all meat eaters and then uh, there was a new blood type which we now call A and then B and they require more carbohydrates. And so it all depends when your blood type is discovered and you can be really tested, anybody can be tested. So then you have to follow blood type diet. Is that accurate? I know that some people swear by it, but not all. Now we have such contradictory views. What do you follow to make it even more difficult? Um, there, There are, of course, approaches that various ancient spiritual slash healing traditions suggest. And when I say spiritual slash healing, because any healing tradition was always part of the spiritual tradition. For example, um, the the Chinese have their system, five elements system. The Indians have their own system, uh, three type, Vata, Kapha, Pitta. And in the West, we have our own body type system, but the one which I teach, because we live in the West. It originated in Egypt, but uh, it migrated slowly through, from, through the Hebrews to the Greeks and Romans and Muslims and the whole Western, excuse me. I think that the whole Western civilization falls into this category that could be applied and that's the, the Western system, morphological system, or you can call it a body type system. Or I, I call it human morphology. I think it's uh, the most accurate term because morph means, uh, as I already spoke about it, form and logos means meaning. So the meaning behind the form and human morphology is the meaning behind, behind human form. And so this morphology evolved through thousands of years. And it has uh, suggestions to what body type, what person needs to eat what diet. I will g- get back to it because this is the subject morphology that I wanted to talk today about. But let's first address this serious issue of so what do you follow? When one person says, eat meat, the other one says, it's not good for you. One says, says. says it's be vegetarian the other one says you actually can get sick if in fact dr My mcbride natasha mcbride wrote a book which i think vegetarianism explained and she says that some people can be harmed can get sick from being vegetarian so what do you follow let me first before i tell you my thoughts about it let me make it even more difficult but actually it may sh- shine some light on on why things work for people some maybe 10 maybe 15 years ago harvard university did a study they took 30 post-operational patients and uh, who needed painkillers and instead of giving them painkillers gave them placebo like i don't know vitamins or just some liquid, but told them that the people were receiving, as usual, their painkillers. 26 out of 30 patients had no problems. So somehow they believe that they're getting painkillers. Remember, these people were after surgery and they required medication. 26 out of 30 patients had no pain they made it even more challenging. They took another th- group of 30 post-operational patients who needed morphine or, or whatever painkiller they gave them. Sorry, I'm not sure that if it was morphine, but strong painkillers and gave them painkillers, but told them, today we are giving you just vitamins. We're not giving you painkillers. We'll see how you can be uh, uh, just without the painkillers on vitamins. Guess what? 22 out of 30 patients had such severe pains that admi- additional dose of painkillers had to be administered. Just think about it. These are powerful painkillers. And somehow the body got rid of it, flushed it out, or didn't recognize them. And people had pains. So the body actually, even though it received the powerful drugs, the body canceled it because of what? Because people believed that they were not getting medication. So a lot of it, now my thinking is, a lot of it is what we believe in. So if I I would, for example, my intuition is, of course, uh, just that no matter what you do, you have to be respectful to your body and you don't overwhelm yourself and, and you you follow logic if if, if you use pesticides uh, food which is full of pesticides it will be harmful whether you use vegetables or you use meat. So if you choose to choose uh, to follow the vegetarian not vegetarian but but a uh, meat diet like doctor natasha mcbride suggests it has to be organic uh, grass-fed beef Uh, for example lamb probably is is the safest because you can lamb is naturally um, healthy because they do not live the way cows can be stored kind of in a box and, and tortured but they have to live on the grass and so they, they are naturally eating uh, grass grass and, and what, what they're genetically programmed to eat. So I would say my take on it would be uh, that lamb would be healthier than beef if you cannot get grass-fed organic beef. If you choose a vegetarian diet, it has to be a healthy vegetarian diet. That is organic vegetables. You have to know, even organic now, they can kind of fake it it's not really organic you have to read about read up on it and know that it's truly organic and not not fake Uh, because it it you have to read the label there are many many you go on internet and read about it but basically i want to say it is your responsibility and now i'm talking most of our listeners are middle-aged people it's your responsibility to take your health in your own hands and experiment feels what feels right to you my uh, personal approach is to follow what i teach and that is that we have different body types without even knowing human morphology you know we have different body types some people are tall and skinny and no matter what they eat they don't become fat some people let's say are short and stocky. Some. Um, gain weight but but not not quick as quickly as other types so all that needs to be you have to watch and know who you are know your own body and choose a certain approach and try it gently for some time and see how it's what feels right but according to this western morphology for one of the temperaments, one of the body types, it's actually not bad to have meat. And for some, it's not necessary at all. So let me now go back to the subject that I wanted, that I started, uh, I think, four weeks ago, and that is human morphology. And uh, by the way, if you get interested in um information about uh, what to eat and how to know your own body type you can send me an email and i will gladly send you uh, a file with description of four body types and what's the best food for you to eat you know my email or i will remind you it's uh Peter18resnik at gmail.com. So let's go back now to the subject of of, uh, face reading or human morphology. I started already the subject, as I said, and I, I, oh, yeah, I remember we started the subject on the 4th of may yes i gave you an introduction and is i spoke also about uh, one of the temperaments they're all together four temperaments or four body types um it's called bilious so let me quickly uh, go over just to if somebody joined us and did not uh, listen to this show on the fifth on the fourth of may let me give you an overview about face reading. Face reading is just an ancient science developed, as I said already, by many different healing traditions. And it's a science of correspondence between the outer form or the appearance and the inner meaning of that appearance. Like, look, like a dark cloud is a form and the inner meaning of it is that it may rain soon, or people's squinty eyes is the form, and the meaning is that this person may be quite suspicious. It's just that uh, humanity observed these correspondences for millennia, and as I said on the May fourth, we I, I spoke um, in general about the four temperaments, and we covered the bilious. Let me summarize the bilious. To you it's a person uh, how they look we look usually at the profile uh, and the person's chin is at the level of his or her forehead it does, the chin does not protrude the corner of the jaw is relatively short going from under the ear down under 40 45 degrees angle and the forehead is roundish or straight Uh, You can think of people like Rudy Giuliani, George Bush Sr., Mahatma Gandhi, if you remember his face or profile, Whoopi Goldberg, Mikhail Gorbachev, former president of Russia, Bruce Willis. If you think, the forehead and the chin are on the same level, right? And and the corner of the jaw, when I say corner of the jaw, the jaw itself, it's not heavy. Like, remember, heavy jaw of Jay Leno, or Mar- uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, that's heavy jaw. That's a different, that's a sanguine jaw. But the bilious jaw is not heavy. And uh, as I said, forehead and chin on the same level. So the, what are their characteristics? They're intellectual, natural leaders, bo- willful, bossy, long distance runners. Uh, in every possible way. Long term planners, they have great endurance and energy, don't need too much sleep. In fact, air is more important for them than food. They're active, organized, and oppositional. You know, you have a conversation with them, they always have to take the other side. Uh, and they're positive pessimists. That is, they see what is not good wherever they go, but that doesn't scare them. They just encouraged to overcome it and and to make it better. So this is regarding a bilious temperament. But now we're starting, there are three more. uh, um, I probably mentioned it in the first talk. Um, So bilious we covered. so the next one is sanguine, then what we call nervous and uh, lymphatic. Sometimes people ask me, oh, does it correspond with what Aristotle taught? And there are four, Aristotle taught about four, what he called uh, humors, choleric, phlegmatic, uh, melancholic, and sanguine. Uh, it somewhat corresponds, but what Aristotle adapted is this system that I'm teaching, but he simplified it. And he made it kind of like, I don't know if he gave credit to Egyptians or not. but. He simplified the whole uh, body of knowledge and introduced it as such that I mentioned to you. Uh, but what I teach is coming from ancient Egypt, so uh, I would I prefer that because it gives much much fuller uh, system of knowledge. So sanguine temperament, if if bilious temperament and body type could be. Diff- the, described as builder of the world. They're the ones who make things happen. They're the planners, the, the people who make things happen. They, they Through their will and determination, uh, they build, they construct, they uh, rule, they encourage people. So then the sanguine temperament, if if the bilious is builder of the world, the sanguine is the action of the world. The sanguine love to act, not like actors, but although they're very good actors too, they're just action, 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 and romance, and elegance, and the royalty. The sanguine's uh, appearance, and now you will recognize probably without me even telling who they are, uh, they have a heavy corner of the jaw, a heavy jaw and the corner of the jaw f- goes from up from the ear down almost under the angle of 90 degrees. Their chin is protruding and the forehead is tilted. So if you think even those two that I mentioned, Jay Leno and Arnold Schwarzenegger, the forehead is tilted, the chin protruding. Uh, And but that's for you to know anytime you see somebody with forehead that is tilted tilted forehead is impulse to action they're very active, they need to act so that's the appearance of the sanguine they usually, if if a bilious has like a firm stucky body, they're not necessarily tall Uh, although they may be tall but I'm talking about like majority of bilious temperament and body type they are firm stucky um, solid oh that's the right word solid solid body but not necessarily large so the sanguins are, are large they have long athletic muscles they're usually taller than the bilious they in fact they are the tallest of all four temperaments um and they have large bones. Uh, The examples of people, from good to bad, (laughs) uh, Joseph Stalin, though he was not tall, but he was a typical sanguine, um, had a sanguine body, large, uh, athletic, strong body, Saddam Hussein, John Kennedy, Ronald Reagan, Bill Clinton, Yoko Ono, if you remember, uh, wife, of late John Lennon. If you remember her face, or particularly if you can remember pictures of her profile, she's such a typical sanguine forehead completely tilted back and chin sticking out. Tom Cruise, Julia Roberts, Robert Redford, Angelina Jolie. Uh, these are people of a sanguine body type. These are the meat eaters, right? So, architect. Uh, archetypal creature for sanguine is a lion. I don't know if I told you uh, about the bilious archetypal creature. It's actually a human being meaning that if a bilious tames all his her impulses they can actually become become an angel archetype uh, archetypal image in truth is an angel but uh they have some work to do on becoming empathetic. That's their goal, because they are willful and capable, but they're not that sensitive, pure bilious, But sanguins, since they are action, 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 their goal is to convert action into moral action. Because the sanguins' um, challenge is that they want to act all the time. They At times, action is for the sake of action rather than a deliberate action uh, for the purpose of goodness. That's a morphological kind of observation. Uh, At their best, the sanguine temperament people embody courage and generosity. Their royalty, remember the the animal prototype is, archetype is a lion. Their royalty in, in the best sense of the word. If the sanguine loves you, it's from the whole heart giving without measure, standing beside you, no matter what. Their spontaneity and love for fun is disarming and inspiring. And their charm and their ability to connect with anyone can be mesmerizing. Remember, Ronald Reagan was called a great communicator, right? And that's, Reagan is a typical, was a typical someone. But in their worst, they impatient, demanding, and self centered, the tyrants, uh, with a sense of entitlement and total disregard to feelings of others, Joseph Stalin, Saddam Hussein are two infamous individuals that exemplify the sanguine following the worst impulses of the temperament. They both were impulsive, needed to get their way at any cost without regard for thoughts or feelings of others. And each was always involved in warfare of one sort or the other. On the other side, uh, we know, know the Ronald Great Reagan, the great generous, charming, communicative Arnold Schwarzenegger, taking over California by being a courageous and forceful leader. And the fearless uh, president, if you still remember, of Russia, right after the collapse of the uh, Soviet Union, Boris Yeltsin, standing up on the top of a tank, remember, in Moscow and giving his speeches. That's courage. Sanguine, really, sanguine temperaments, um, people with sanguine temperament really have true courage as opposed to bravery. I can give you an example. Uh, my, my temperament is not sanguine. I'm a um, combination of the nervous and bilious temperament. Uh, but I have a, had a friend, I have a friend who is a pure sanguine. And sanguine are uh, courageous without thought. And the, what's the difference between courage and bravery? Uh, once we were in a situation, where a cab stopped and we were like, you know, across the street and the woman was about to walk out of the cab and she kind of looked not so elegantly dressed, didn't look very sophisticated and was trying to get out of the cab and the cab driver was like yelling, no, you will pay. And we understood that she didn't want to pay. And suddenly he started moving the car, and that was crazy because he could, you know, hurt the woman. One foot, one foot was out of the cab, and one still was there in. And I, I was thinking, I need, we need to do something. I was thinking, but my friend was already there, grabbing, grabbing the the door of the uh, of the driver, opening the door and screaming at him. Now, my friend could get hurt, but was, it was not uh, um, even the subject. It was not consideration for my friend. Why? Uh, it was a female friend because she did not think. She acted. That's how sanguine act. If they feel something is right or wrong, I was, yeah, maybe I would act bravely. Uh, maybe I would, would go and, and interfere. But I needed to think first, to assess. The sanguine don't assess or think. They act. That's the true courage. And sometimes it gets them in trouble because they act. Like, remember, they are impatient and they are spontaneous. I have, in fact, a a male friend now who is a typical sanguine. (laughs) It's wonderful to have this friend Uh, because he's pulling me out of my comfort zone constantly, because I need things to be planned. I need to know where I'm going, what I'm going to do, when we're going to do something. And he calls sometimes, Peter, I'm downstairs. Let's go. Boom. <laughs> I said, what? I'm, I'm in the middle of something. No, no, let's go. We are, to, we are people in our 60s. And it's kind of, for me, it's charming. You know, sometimes it's annoying, but I like, to be challenged and to be taken to a, to a point of discomfort actually not executing myself not making myself miserable but but sometimes you doesn't have to be your way you can explore other ways uh, and spontaneity is beautiful so america loves sanguine temperament sanguine faces uh, in fact if you look at anchor people Uh, most, not all, but many, many, I would, at one point, years ago, I counted, I found that uh, if you think there are four temperaments, it should be falling 25, 25, 25, 25. But I counted, I think there were like 60% of all anchor people, uh, all faces that represent the station, we have to be honest, people, the, whoever is running the show, running these stations, they they want their anchor people not only to be intelligent and knowledgeable, uh, and whatever is coming with this profession, but they want them to look good. So, sixty percent of all the faces of uh, anchor people were sanguine. So, most difficult thing for the sanguine uh, is to to be in in action. In fact. For sanguine children, it's excruciating to sit still. They grow up loving sports, fights, and parties. As adults, in times of peace, they join the army. Uh, They enjoy sport, contact sports, physical activities, explorations, music, dance, having a nice drink uh, and good company. And in times of conflict, uh they would rather fight than negotiate and the sanguine know how to be in the center of attention and accept this attention with grace and confidence they're really great communicators and as i said they don't like plans they're very spontaneous also the sanguine uh temperament are eternal optimists you know, that's, that's what probably um, I like so much about my friend Alex, uh, who who is so optimistic, no matter what happens, you know, I see myself as a realist, but I don't like it very much. It doesn't always serve me well. And I get worried, you know, about things. But for Alex, everything will work out. That's it. So I think was what comes to me now i want to give you actually a, a little vignette mm, yeah yeah let me let me read from my book uh, face reading for successful relationships for to to give you an example uh, of how temperaments work and how it can be used clinically uh, uh, I was planning it, so I prepared the book. Rachel, a 32-year-old woman, convinced her husband Daniel. I made up these names, you know. Uh, people are. This are a real, a real case, but people, of course, a name to to keep confidentiality. I made up. So she convinced her uh, husband Daniel to find the quote relationship shrink on internet since he would not agree to go to see Rachel's friend's um, recommendation. Daniel found my name on the Psychology Today website. Before coming for a session, Daniel did extensive research on Peter Resnick. He went on my website, read a couple of my articles, and even checked if there were any legal status uh, suits against me. Um, that they told me later about it. Though he did not appreciate being given what sounded like an ultimatum, he felt that accommodating his wife's request for at least one session was a a reasonable thing to do. During the first few minutes of the session, Rachel shared all the details of getting her husband to my office, and the challenge of being in a relationship with a man who, quote, half of the time is like a robot. Daniel was sitting quietly without any emotional reactions to his wife's statements. In response to a question about their intention in coming to see me, both said that they loved each other and were committed to making their marriage work. Rachel added that in order to move on, And consider creating a family that is to have a child they needed quote something to get out somehow to get out of the vicious cycle Uh, right after Rachel's remark I asked the couple if they didn't mind not telling me the nature of their problems so that I would attempt to guess what's going on on my own they both both looked surprised i suggested that though the details could be different the main pattern within the vicious cycle that rachel was talking about uh, was pretty much the same she wanted to have parties in their home spend a lot of time on the phone with her friends went out without her husband when he was not interested and was making decisions involving both of them in spur of the moment, which drove him crazy. I told them that Daniel felt that Rachel had no real goals in life, that she was really not interested in their marriage, that he was not enough for her, And that she stayed with him till she could find someone more suitable. Periodically, they had confrontations in which Daniel would accuse Rachel of being, quote, one foot out of the door. And she would accuse him of being a control freak and a hermit. Then they would make peace, make love, but nothing ever really changed. At this that point, both Rachel and Daniel were laughing. Daniel said, "Now tell us. Uh, are you a mind reader? Are you a psychic as well as a shrink?" Of course, my, my dear listeners, you understand, and probably already guessed that Daniel happened to be a pure bilious. Remember what I said about bilious: they're logical, meticulous, organized, willful. They, they're logic, they're pure logic. they real, you know, remember I said that they may be not so sensitive. And Rachel happened to be a pure sanguine that, uh, who likes socialization, likes parties, likes attention, change of scenery, likes excitement. I told Rachel and Daniel about the face reading and did a full morphological assessment of both of them. What the reading did for the couple was that both understood that the other's behavior was not something that the other did to them, but it was his or her way of being. Rachel understood that Daniel was not trying to control her and cut her off from her friends, but that he did not have the same interest in people as she did. Daniel understood that Rachel's need for attention and fun was just a personality trait and did not mean that she wished to get out of the relationship or that she, that, that he worried about her being interested in other men. She loves him. She told him she loves him. It's just who she is. And at the end of our meeting, Rachel and Daniel agreed to accommodate each other and make an effort to participate in the other person's favorite activities. They also agreed to allow the other to do his slash her own thing without considering it a personal betrayal. In my practice, I've seen uh, this happening so often where people accuse each other in being who they are you understand so people are who they are and we need to understand what their needs are And very often it will resolve a lot of conflicts let me finish up with the sanguine temperament the sanguine are territorial the empire buildings builders with the need for a lot of space and freedom by the way, we were talking about Rachel. She needed freedom. She needed to go out. She needed to move in big space. They like to acquire things, places, uh, and admirers. Uh, it, but it all must be done quickly and preferably without much effort. The sanguine, a short-tempered, with a short attention span and a short fuse. Uh, but if you offer them information or conversation or relaxation in small doses they will be happy when they're happy they want you to be happy uh, as you watch i think when you watch military confrontations you will notice that um, the the media does a lot of interviews of those in combat. Pay attention to military officers. You will find that most of them are sanguine, not because they study morphology, but because it's natural. They they make choices. Physically, the sanguine have a large athletic body, as I said, and often very elegant and strong. They don't possess the same stamina as the bilious one um they may be powerful at first impulse and then may quickly run out of steam Uh, if you remember uh, again the ronald reagan uh i i I don't remember where i've read it somewhere that ronald reagan had a little room in fact they took uh, a, a handyman's room uh, and put the like, clean it up, organize it nicely, and put a bed. And he would just take a nap for half an hour. So for every day, for half an hour, the president of the United States would disappear, because he was taking a nap. So the the uh, sanguine temperament would really benefit from having a nap every day. Twenty thirty minutes would be fantastic. Um, after replenishing their energy through a catnip, they're, they're really ready to run and roll again. And as I mentioned about food, uh, the sanguine are carnivores. They need meat pretty much, if not every day, every other day. And, and they don't do very well on vegetarian diet. So. If you are sanguine, again, I think Gary Null would would object, would would argue with me, because he really feels that everybody has to be vegetarian. But that's not has been my observation. But remember, his his focus is primarily on nutrition. Uh, my focus is on the whole body and and mind and body. And I work with uh, people, uh, see with serious physical illnesses. But probably if Gary would be here with me, he would say he. People did very well, uh, cancer patients or people suffering from other serious physical illnesses, and did very well on his protocol. And, and I, I trust him because I know him so well, and I've met many people that he helped. So then I still have, have this issue maybe, maybe a person who believes that is the belief that something is good will do better than than food itself. But still, I I am convinced, you know, that the best is to follow your own body type diet and and the sanguine would, I believe, benefit uh, with, with first three regular meals. And with 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 meat, fish or cooked vegetables, not so Uh, with uh, fresh vegetables by the way it's not so good for anybody to eat fresh uh, raw vegetables uh, particularly in the evening it takes a lot of energy to to digest them so uh, it's much better to 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 eat um, cooked vegetables through millennia, humanity adopted. That's why, not by a chance. And by the way, the doctor, Dr. Natasha, talks about it too. Uh, people did not choose to eat raw vegetables, but cooked. Why? Because their digestive system absorbs it much better. Rice, beans, pasta, uh, potatoes are all good for the sun. A glass of wine would be a beneficial thing, because if they eat. Uh, proteins, animal, particular animal proteins, uh, a glass of wine will stimulate production of hydrochloric acid, which helps to break down uh, proteins and fats. Among the four temperaments the sanguine have, unfortunately, most alcoholics. Again, if we think of four temperaments and the 25% would fall of each, uh, and I said, remember, among anchor people, 60% uh, in my experience, whenever, I, I think many years ago, I looked at it, uh, uh, I anchor people. So the the same 25% should be of alcoholics, but no, um, 50% of all alcoholics fall on some Why? Because even though they like, and it's good for them to have a glass of wine, maybe two glasses of wine, but not ten glasses of wine. But because they have large bodies, they consume a lot of alcohol. And at times, when you play with alcohol, you can—it can be like playing with fire. You can overdo So, and some of them become uh, alcoholics. Uh, now, vitamin. E and vitamin C are good for the sanguine temperament. A lot of physical activity is essential for them. Um, the sanguine are what we call hot and wet type. they perspire a lot if they need to drink a lot of water. And they're most comfortable in a cooler and dry environment because they're so hot. Uh, They enjoy a snowy winter, winter sports, and uh, probably will love uh, to swim, and uh, swim in in cold water, they're not afraid of anything. In case of infection, the immune response of the sanguine is strong, Um, but the infection is brutal. I'm not sure if I told you about the in how the bilious response to infection they usually <laughs> they stand on their feet they don't even uh, get sick very rarely they do get sick and if they get sick they plow through and, and if they get sick it's not uh, overwhelming infection so most of them don't even take time off uh, but with sanguines, the immune response is very strong. They, they can get high fever, very high fever, be knocked down, but then they recover quickly. Where the bilious will stand on his or her feet and um, withstand, but will, will stay kind of infected or sick for a while, and it will take them time to recover, where sanguine is knocked down and quickly comes back um to to health. So sanguine temperament people are great salespeople, entertainers, journalists, um, military officers, managers, though they sometimes don't have the patience. Because as I said, the ma- main spiritual challenge of the sanguine temperament is to convert the need for action, action, action into moral action. the benefit of humanity so now we covered uh bilious and sanguine Uh, we have left the nervous and uh, and lymphatic and i think next week we'll talk i will go back to talking about six pillars of well-being and two weeks from now unless i have uh, uh, someone i will be interviewing we'll get back to and finish. With human morphology again as i said if you want me to send you just a write-up on what's good to eat or the diet for each temperament send me an email and i will be happy to send it to you but if you want the whole program i have uh two programs on my website drpeterresnik.com two programs one called it's like a tutorial it's a video um, one called face reading for successful relationships where i talk i teach you step by step it's really a manual on how to recognize read people's faces and profiles and features um and then how people interact with one another what are the best matches for friendship and what are the best matches for a romantic relationship and the other video is also on face reading but face reading for business in which i uh, first part is the same teaching how to recognize people understand people's temperaments faces profiles and features but then i teach how to use that body of knowledge that you learned in team building how to hire the right people for your business and in sales and in negotiations, the, the greatest strategies, because once you know a person's temperament, how to go about uh, selling to them or convincing them or engaging them in negotiations. And I uh, decided to do this promo. If you're interested in both or one of the programs, if you go on my site and go under offerings and all products, you will see either of these programs. If you decide to buy it, and it's really not expensive, probably at probably at the price that a, a hamburger or maybe two hamburgers, but you can uh, actually get a 25% discount uh, if you write where when you buy and it offers you to pay, give you a credit card, where it's written discount code, write FACE, small letters, FACE, F-A-C-E, 25 and it will give you 25% discount. Um, and and then and you can also buy my book face reading for successful relationships, that's still also available on the website. And now now our session or our uh, show comes to an end. And I want to thank you all for participating. And as I said, uh, next week, I more than likely I will be talking about the next um, step of six pillars of well-being. We will talk about other character traits that one may want to work on mastering. And I want to thank you all for participating. I hope you will be with me next Tuesday. Uh, All the best. Peace to all who want to live in peace.